This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Tuesday, February 20th edition of Talkback. And Talkback this morning brought to you by our friends at Phillips Janitorial with residential and commercial cleaning for you. So if your home or and your business need to be cleaned, give them a call today, 406-260-6617. The number for Y-West Storage, and we'll find out if they have storage available for you. That's 406-510-0590 because at Y-West, out at the Y on Two Smokes Way, they're making room for you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. And uh, no matter how cold it might get, although spring is coming, they have everything you need to make sure your rig starts every single time and all the accessories and service you need as well. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service at Palmer and West Broadway and by Harrington Surgical Supply, where appointments are preferred for mastectomy fittings and custom compressions, but walk-ins are always welcome. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, good morning, everybody. Glad to have you along this morning. And Nick Christensen is right over there. Good morning, Mr. Nick. Good morning. Politics, 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 politics. Oh, yeah. We're not that new. Today. So, yeah, uh, we have Rob, uh, Robin Driscoll is up first, or is the Republican person? Robin's Robin, up first. yep. Okay. She'll be on at 8.30. Yeah. yeah. And I... <laughs> One of the things you... you uh, so uh, beautifully put in your uh, in your notes was that he wants she wants to discuss uh, Matt Rosendale's withdrawing uh, after mm. just a couple of days stuck his toe in the water and that ooh that's <laughs> too hot or too cold or whatever that's a good analogy but yeah. uh, I, I I'm imagining I, I'm just trying to imagine <laughs> what Robin Driscoll will have to say about uh, Matt Rosendale. So I'm sure so anyway. she'll be saying it with a smile on her face. Oh, I'm sure but, sure she will. Yeah. But you know, I mean, we we didn't have time obviously to to talk about that last week cuz I was full with guests right, pretty much right, uh, right. pretty much the whole week. So yeah, we we did some open phones for like a brief half hour a couple times, but um yeah, if anyone wants to call in now and share their thoughts before Robin gets on yeah. about what they think about the whole Rosendale situation because what we were told for weeks and weeks and weeks, almost months actually, yes, is, yes, he's gonna run, he's gonna run, he's gonna run. Any Hasn't day officially now, any day now. Yeah, it's yeah. coming, it's coming, right. he's gonna run. Gonna... And then uh, they made it official, everyone made a big deal about it. Five days later, <laughs> just kidding. And I was like, oh, so I, I would love to know like exactly what happened. I know there's some speculation, but anyway. Well, I, 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 I would just, I would love to talk to Matt because he was kind enough to give me, if you remember, yeah. when, when I first found out, uh, I, I called. And uh, he was, he was going to run for the Senate. Yeah, you were all and excited. He called you back in like 10 minutes in, or something. I thought he'd be booked solid, right? Yeah. He called me back in less than 10 minutes. And we spent quite a quite a bit of time on you know on the phone talking about things why I wanted to be a senator and uh, all that kind of stuff and yeah sounded really good and then a couple of days later well I I'm really curious I, I'm going to try to to contact him again and see if he will talk with me uh, about the decision to step away from that because that 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 had to really hurt you know because the, the that that was the one if you remember that was one of the first after he was the uh, State Insurance Commissioner and Auditor, right? He he ran for the Senate against John Tester, 
and was beaten not exactly by a landslide, but he did do okay, right, mm -hmm. uh, in that particular race. And, of course, he ran for Congress and was uh, elected and reelected. And, and then now he wanted to run for the Senate, and uh, it, I, I thought he had a, it, it's a late start, but that was a pretty good start, good interview with him. And then all of a sudden, boom. Anyway, well, I, I am hoping uh, a lot that I can get a hold of Matt. See, I was on vacation when he announced that he uh, was giving up the uh, the race for the Senate. So I didn't have a chance to talk with him, but I'll try. Uh, we're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. All right, we're going to have it's, – it's open phones, by the way, for this first half hour. Then Robin Driscoll will be joining us from 830 until 9. From 9 until 930, we have the uh, Troy uh, – I should say – um, uh, Don Kay was not available, but uh, the vice chair of the Montana Republican Party, Lola Sheldon Galloway, will be stepping in for Don today from uh, 9 to 9.30. So uh, we'll have uh, Susan's call when we come back after this timeout. Hey, it's Debbie. A chance of freezing rain on Tuesday morning, then a chance of rain showers and some areas of patchy fog. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and mild as highs will be back into the mid-40s. We're not expecting any snow to stick except at pass level. The threat of rain and snow continues into Tuesday evening. And then Wednesday morning, it's mostly cloudy with a 30% chance of rain and snow and some afternoon sun breaks. For the end of the weekend into next weekend, it still looks like it's going to be warm and sunny. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bragg. Time to get the snow tires off. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way. They're making less of a clickety-clack when I'm driving down the dry road. So I'm wondering maybe if now might be the time. And of course, as soon as I do, you know it's going to happen. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's get to the phones. It's it's open phones until 830 this morning. Susan, good morning, Susan. Haven't talked to you for a while. How you doing? Hey, hi. Um Rather than dwell on something that is past tense with Rosendale, okay. um, I would like to focus on the fact that since the primary of, <clears throat> is right around the corner, <clears throat> John Chester, who has absolutely no competition, has dark money coming in to the tune of about $95 million dollars that has currently been spent to downgrade the Republican candidate, who is Tim Sheehy. And <clears throat> Tim Sheehy doesn't have anywhere near the funds to counteract the lies that have been propagated by the dark money that is coming out with these ads. And I think um, it might be good for you or someone to ask questions of Miss Driscoll as to uh, why there is, uh, well, I know why, but, and I'm sure all of us know why, but <clears throat> for the past few weeks, I've been calling voters to remind them that the primary is coming up and to ask them with an open question, who do they support um, for the U.S. Senate? And it's been split 50-50 between Tim Sheehy and um, <clears throat> and John Tester, which I found very interesting in light of the negative, unbelievable, over-the-top <laughs> ads that have been coming out against 
Kim Well, that, that's that's which, that, by that, the way, that, that that's not all. False. I was going to say that's not all. That's not all. I was just looking. Uh, uh, one of the things that Robin Driscoll is going to bring up is a Vanity Fair article that came out recently uh, that says, "quote wannabe cowboy" unquote. This GOP Senate candidate's rancher bona fides are coming under scrutiny. So there you go. Yeah. Well, and the money that he accepted was the same money that any business person that applied for those grants that were given out during the um, the shutdowns, which Biden's administration said they did not have to, uh, what were they called, the PED the or the PEC or whatever. There was some... Uh, <laughs> There were there were grants that were given, and initially they were supposed to give them back, and they were told they didn't they were not to give them back. So those were the those are the federal grants that he did not give back. So he did not do anything wrong, and um, they're making him out to be a shady person, which he is not. And he's, you know, this is what really annoys me, but $95 million, I mean, the the Democrats are rolling in money from unknown sources, and yet they are accusing the Republicans of being the wealthy ones. And um, that, to me, is significant. And as for Rosendale, he was a spoiler from the get-go, and had the congressional seat locked up he would have been he would have been able to stay in that congressional seat as long as he wanted to and nobody could figure out why he was looking at the congressional seat with such lust and um it was it was a shame that he decided to pop into it for five days and then pop out. Um, and I'm afraid there is going to be some other stuff that comes out that um, isn't going to be good for him personally. And I, I wish that he had just left it out. All right. Well, yeah, go ahead. Bye. All right. Thanks for the call, Susan. Appreciate it. All right. Let's get, uh, let's get Tom on the line. Tom, good morning. You're on Talkback, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, well, uh, let's keep it a little local here. As uh, maybe Peter, you probably know more about this, although you were gone. Uh, uh, the um, Missoula County Public Schools are, uh, you know, uh, running out of money for uh, their their uh, you know the music and arts program. And uh, you know, I, I'm one of these guys that thinks, well, we should just uh, have reading, writing, and arithmetic. But uh, I really kind of wonder with all the money uh, the city and county of Missoula wastes on some stuff that uh, maybe they couldn't find some money to. Uh, to fund this art program for the Missoula County Public Schools. Well, uh, now, from what I understand, uh, and again, I could be wrong, and I often am, but uh, I, the yeah. the problem with, with funding for Missoula County Public Schools is declining enrollment. And uh, because that's that's where, you know, the money comes from. The more kids we have, the more money is allocated to uh, to fund the schools. And when the enrollment begins to decline, well, so does the funding. And that's just... The way it goes. Now, again, if I'm wrong about that, please let me know. But uh, but that's that's the way I've always understood it. Well, do they do they? Um, I, I mean, do they not have the money, or they just decide not to give it to the schools? You know what I'm saying? In other words, the the money's there. Why not just give it to the schools? In other words, they 
you know, instead of, uh, well, well, I'm just guess I'm beating around the bush here. They're probably going to decide that they need to raise taxes. So anyway, that if anybody else has any comments on what's going on with the arts in uh, Missoula County public schools and, uh, you know, the bridges are falling down and the, the, they can't give the kids music lessons or, you know, any kind of stuff in the cultural range. And then uh, we're spending all this money on other things. So, and and anyway, not, not, just, only, yeah, not only that, I just did an interview with, with the head of the firefighters union, really nice guy named uh, Mr. Drobeck. And uh, he said, you know, they, they deliberately did not put the fire levy in the last ballot, right? Because uh, because of the unknown uh, the unknown quantity going on about property taxes. Well, that that particular mill levy is going to be about seven million dollars a year going forward to try to properly fund a, a very one of the most the necessary. Uh, services we have, and that's a fire department, adequate fire department that is, you know, ha- has all the firefighters and perhaps we need another fire station down where all that uh, new building is going on. So uh, these are all things that Missoula is going to have to support somehow. Yeah, I saw the one of the fire guys on the TV the other night about uh, if they get a certain amount of calls. And then, you know, they're spending a awful lot of time uh, running around with uh you know, making calls to homeless and, and with the paramedics and all that. So right. anyway, I'll let somebody else get in. Thanks, Peter. Tom, Thanks, Nick. Thank you Bye. for the call. We're up against a break. We're going to come right back. We have Dave and Charlie all waiting to visit with us. Pardon me, visit with us. More calls coming in. It's open phones for the next, oh, eight minutes or so. And then we'll have Robin Driscoll from the Montana Democratic Party with us. So stay with us. This is Talk Back. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by common ground alliance no word in the english language is less convincing than probably are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date sure Um, we'll probably stay together probably (laughs) it's been 23 minutes since i ate i can probably swim uh you should wait 30 minutes Mm, okay now tell me what to do cannonball cramp oh i have a cramp I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was running until I wasn't. My hospital stay would have cost nearly $48,000, even with insurance. But with VA, I'll pay zero. 
And VA is the best, most affordable health care in America for veterans like me. Knowing that my family is waiting at home and a surprise medical bill isn't, that's good for my heart. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for this hyper amount of benefits mentioned here. All right, welcome back to Talk Back. I only have about five minutes left of open phones. Let's make the most of it and get Dave on. Dave, good morning. You are on Talk Back, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning. First of all, I'd like to remind people that the Republicans were the big supporters of dark money. They called it free speech, and they fought the Democrats over that for a long time. Um, but I would like to talk about uh, what's going on in the House of Representatives and their impeachment process. You know, they're, they're in the process of uh, working up a program where they're going to impeach the president for his, his um, uh, supposedly... Uh, uh, crimes against you know for money for bribery and what have you and, and is and they're after him for that and but is their star witness for for uh, the t- telling things about Joe Biden are, are, is found to be a lot liar I guess so the case against him might fall apart but um, you know if I was going to impeach the, Joe Biden I would I would switch gears and try to see if he if Joe Biden knew that he had secret information in his house secret government information and didn't release it you know when he found it when he knew about it that would be impeachable in my mind and um as far as, and go to prison afterwards well from from, it, from from your lips to their ear maybe they're listening Dave Right, but you know, I the same thing goes for Donald Trump. In my view, the two of them could share prison cells. <laughs> share a cell. <laughs> that would be an yes. interesting. Yeah, I'd like to have a, a camera in that one. Hey, Dave, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Sure. All right, let's get uh, Charlie on the line. Charlie, good morning. You're on Talkback. Thanks for thanks hey, for holding. Morning. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, morning, guys. Hey, uh, I went down a rabbit hole uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, one thing led to another. You know how it is when you go down the rabbit holes. And I came across this interesting fun fact. In uh, 1229 of 2012, uh, President Obama signed uh, House Resolution 4210, I think it was. Uh, It was the, uh, what do they call it, the National Defense Authorization Act. In Section 1078 of this bill... It authorizes the use of propaganda inside the United States, which up until that point was illegal. So that would explain a lot of what's going on, uh, you know, with the whole, uh, oh gosh, was it Biden? He got on the on the television and said, uh, get your shot, it's safe and effective. You know, I would say that that's pretty much kind of propaganda, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Well, uh, you know I, 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 at the time, you, at the time, you didn't know who to believe, Charlie. You know, I, you, yeah, you, got, well, you got Fauci, you, you got all these other people on the other side saying, "Don't take the vaccine." Yes, you have to take the vaccine. If you don't take the vaccine, you're gonna you you can't serve in the military. Uh, if you take the vaccine, you could uh, have all these after effects. You know, it was right it, it, and it, the it, whole they, mask they, thing. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. it was it was brutal. But it just seems like that kind of explains a lot about what happened during the whole scamdemic. But anyway. I'll let you guys go. Charlie, thank, thank you for your call, sir. We appreciate it. Yep. All right, seven two one twelve ninety is our number, 1-800-568-5309. And I do believe that uh, Jeff is up next. Jeff, good morning. You're on TalkBack. You're, you're our last caller on open phones. Go ahead. Well, better last than never. Um, 
The uh, two things, first of all, regarding dark money, uh, the website Open Secrets says that in the 2020 election, um, anonymous donors uh, supported uh, President Biden with with uh, dark money at more than six times the rate that they supported Donald Trump. So it is not a Republican thing. It's a Democrat thing more than Republican. 174 million versus 25 million. So, uh, so that's wrong. But I called about the schools. It's interesting that with the schools, the Missoula County Public School, uh, $8 million shortfall, $3 million, I think, is due to declining enrollment, which means that if you have a declining enrollment, you need fewer teachers and staff, and I hope administrators. I hope a lot of the cuts are in the administrative area. Um, but you also, uh, they had the ESSER funds, which were the, uh, the um, what is that called? Uh, emergency relief, yeah, elementary and secondary school emergency relief funds that came right. from the government during the COVID panic. Right. They lost $5 million in ESSER. Now, that was a one-time bump. Who, and, you know, if you get a one-time bonus from uh, from the radio station, do you up your budget every year based on that bonus, or do you say, who, who, windfall, what can we do that we wouldn't normally do, but then go back to normal spending levels, you know? Um, it, this just shows bad fiscal management at the uh, school district level. All right, Jeff. Thanks for the call, sir. We appreciate it. Uh, well, uh, Nick, do we have time for another call? We, uh, it's up to you. Okay, let, let's get, uh, well, Joe. Joe's been waiting. Joe, good morning. You're on TalkBack. Yeah, you get to be the final caller on open phones. Go ahead, please, sir. Oh, I'm, I'm so fortunate. Thank you. And I just think about the uh, movie made about a Shakespeare, uh, The Merchant of Venice. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's uh, Al Pacino plays this Jewish uh, merchant, and he wants his pound of flesh, and there's a trial. Well, all these trials that are going on, Against Trump, it, uh, you got to see this movie. But um, in my opinion, the outcome of all these trials could be the disbarment and the sometimes possibly jailment of some of these prosecutors. And, you know, the case in uh, New York with the $358 million settlement, that judge found him guilty before the trial even began. You know, and... <laughs> What if, what if you had a murder trial and nobody died? You know, it's there's no victims. So anyway, I could go on and on, but All right. check out The Merchant of Venice because it's so entertaining. All right. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. All right. That, that's going to do it for uh, for this edition of, of, of Open Phones. We're going to come right back. Robin Driscoll will be joining us uh, from the Montana Democratic Party. We'll take a quick break. Come right back after this timeout. Today on Hey... A chance of freezing rain on Tuesday morning, then a chance of rain showers and some areas of patchy fog. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and mild as highs will be back into the mid-40s. We're not expecting any snow to stick except at pass level. The threat of rain and snow continues into Tuesday evening. And then Wednesday morning, it's mostly cloudy with a 30% chance of rain and snow and some afternoon sun breaks. For the end of the week and into next weekend, it still looks like it's going to be warm and sunny. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bragg. Okay, we are back on TalkBack. I'm Peter Christian Christensen taking your phone calls, producing TalkBack this morning. And he has uh, Robin Driscoll on the phone with us right now, chair of the Montana Democratic Party. Robin, I know you're not feeling too terribly well, but we appreciate you being a trooper and being on with us today. 
Oh, thank you. I'm I'm at home inside anyway, so what the heck? Might as well do a radio show, huh? You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we appreciate you being willing to do that. And uh, go ahead and clear your throat if you have to. That's fine. We understand. All right. Yeah, so, okay. So, thank so, you. <laughs> so, so, so tell us, tell us what your headline is. I know that um, uh, Matt Rosendale uh, was in, and now he's out. And so, uh, I know you wanted to, to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I would say for me, um, that's probably the top headline of the week is like him entering the Senate campaign um, primary and then almost immediately within a week exiting, um, you know, after spending months making the case that Tim Sheehy has no place representing Montana in the Senate because um, he hasn't been here long enough, um, making the case that he's an out-of-state tech millionaire and then coming into the race and spending a week in it and quickly exiting. I, it's just um, very strange. And, and the reason that he gave is that um, he did not get Trump's endorsement. Well, anybody, any politico knows that if if you if that's what your campaign is dependent on is the endorsement of Donald Trump, you would have made sure that you had that endorsement before you ever announced um, to enter a primary. So, very curious. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I it was it's interesting when when he declared that he was going to run for the Senate. I I called that day, right? I called his I called his uh-huh. office, or I, I got a hold of his uh, press secretary uh, lady, uh, a gal named Ashta, and uh, and she said. Well, she said, he will be calling you in five to ten minutes. I said, what? Wow. <laughs> so so I, yeah. I, I got him on the phone. I had a nice long interview with him. Why are you doing this? Oh, well, America needs, you know, all that kind of thing. And and on and on. Uh-huh. And he was talking about Mr. Sheehy. And he, he isn't a real Montanan, da, 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 da. And, uh, and, then, and then I went on vacation. And while I was on vacation, he stepped out of the race. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, very strange. Anyway, all right. So we have people lined up to talk with you. Do you have just uh, let, let's let's go ahead and get Nancy on the line first. Nancy, good morning. You're on Talkback with Robin Driscoll. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Robin. I'm running for House District uh, 38 as a Republican, and I just want to tell you some things firsthand about Matt Rosendale because I'm meeting him and going to the Lincoln Reagan dinners. And the last time I ran into Matt was at uh, in Levina, Montana, and he was absolutely miserable, and uh, he was very defensive, and uh, nobody really quite knew what to make out of him. And I just want to say that uh, in Glendive a couple weekends ago, he uh, had a fundraiser. The, some of his most diehard supporters raised $10,000, and he didn't even show up. Nothing. And uh, they're furious, and I, I have been told that uh, his political career is over in Montana, and uh, there's several reasons. And another thing, uh, you're talking about campaigning. You know, he helped uh, sabotage the career of Speaker Kevin McCarthy, which is a long story. But uh, when you do that, when you turn against your own kind in Washington, D.C., they're going to retaliate. And he can't get any campaign money help from Washington now, from the GOP. That's another thing. But I could be on here for another 20 minutes talking <laughs> to you. But I just want to let everybody know that you've got Ed Walker, Stacey Zinn, and Rick Holden running for Congress. So don't despair. These are excellent, great people. And uh, Matt Rosendale, he's not a Montana either, so... 
I call him Marilyn Matt Rosendale. As far as I'm concerned, he can pack up, uh, load up a U-Haul and go back to Maryland where he came from. So that's my take for now, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, uh, to- um, top that, Robin. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, first, Nancy, I want to congratulate you for filing for to run for the legislature. I know that's a big step. Um, and while I probably don't agree with, you know, a lot of your politics, I do believe in a democracy and that people have choices. And so um, congratulations for that. Um, I think that you're right about uh, Rosendale as far as, um, you know, the establishment not funding any of his um, race because they had already come out in favor of Tim Sheehy. And I think that prior to uh, Matt even um, announcing they were doing anything they could to ask him, you know, to get him to stay out of the race. Um, and that's another thing that's so strange. Like, well, you enter the race and then exit. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, thank you for running, Nancy, and thanks for uh, for all your comments. All right. There you go. And uh, with that, we're, we're up against a break. We have uh, Joe waiting to visit with you, and we have another caller coming in as well. I believe it is Marilyn, and she's going to talk with you as well. So we're going to come right back. More talk back. Our, our guest on the phone right now for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, even though she's not feeling well, she's a trooper. She's hanging in there with us. Sir Robin Driscoll, chair of the Montana Democratic Party, will be back with more right after this. Old Sawmill District. Children are the greatest joy and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids are facing hunger every day? Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Thank you! Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at helpnokidhungry.org. Okay, we're back on Talk Back. Our guest on the phone, Robin Driscoll, chair of the Montana Democratic Party, and folks are on the line uh, waiting to talk with you. So, Joe, good morning. You're on with Robin Driscoll. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you. I uh, just wanted to comment that I, I've, I've made before about the uh, immigration bill. I think that the polling shows that uh, Americans are so tired of what the uh, invasion has uh, that they don't even want to support legal immigration at this time. But so that that my point is that John Tester and and Monica Trinell are way out of touch with the uh, Montana and the nation on that subject. And then with Joe Biden, you know, he's the special prosecutor found that he willfully uh, took these documents, which basically is stealing since the 70s. And, uh, you know, he's got that out of his age or his uh, senility. But if you want to comment on uh, either of those subjects uh, and show me where I'm wrong, that's great. Joe, thanks for the call. Robin, it's all yours. Yeah. Um, I think the legal establishment has already shown you where you're wrong. Um, it's It was shown like that Joe Biden did not willfully, pur- purposely take documents. And as soon as he discovered that he had them, he immediately contacted them um, and they went and they searched his homes. Um, and office, I think an office that he used as a senator in Washington, D.C., um, and got the documents back, whereas Trump willfully took the documents, um, had a heck of a time trying to get them back from him. They saw 
We saw where they were stored just willy-nilly around Mar-a-Lago. Um, anybody probably could have had access to them. And so I think that that is totally wrong. Um, and then what, what was uh, the other point? Oh, immigration. Um, I think that there was a very good bipartisan immigration bill brought forth in the Senate. Um, many Republican senators are very very upset and dismayed that that bill has passed the Senate and gone to the House and is sitting on Speaker Johnson's desk um, and not being addressed by him. Um, he feels no rush uh, to secure the border because it's an excellent talking point and, um, for Republicans in the election. And it just shows the party of Trump is still the party of Trump. Um, months and months Senate negotiators um, came up with that bill. They were led by Republicans um, and independent Senator Kristen Sinema. Um, they, Kester has pressed Senate leadership to prioritize the border security negotiations um, and tackle that we all, we know the secure, the border is broken. The immigration system is broken. Um, Kester called for the Senate to get the bill on the floor for debate. It was debated. It was passed 72, I believe, to um, what would it be, 28. Um, and so it's, I mean, it passed very, very well in the Senate and now is up, being upheld in the House. <clears throat> okay, let's get another call in. Uh, this is Marilyn. Marilyn, you're on with Robin Driscoll. Go ahead, please. Okay. Um, so Mark Levin, love to listen to Mark Levin, and it would do a lot of people really good to listen to his show on a daily basis. You learn quite a lot. And what you learn in detail is how Democrats, communists, Marxists, leftists, lie continually. So here's one. Um, he's asking, been asking oh, for quite a while now, Democrats love abortion so much. Why don't they, where are the pictures, where are the videos, where are the TV shows? Why doesn't Hollywood make a movie that shows what the murder of the unborn does through abortion? What that looks like, what that looks like. So you guys love abortion so much. And John Tester, I mean, I've got a sheet here that goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on about how he's voted for the killing, murdering of the preborn and okay. like Planned Parenthood gets Mar Marilyn, you have a question? over 600 million a year. So Robin Driscoll, I challenge you, Democrats, show the pictures. Why don't you? You love it so much. All right. Thanks for the call. Robin, go ahead, please. Um, I don't think there is anybody, anybody in the United States or in the world that loves abortion. Democrats certainly do not love abortion. What we believe is that women have the right to choose their own health care. They have the right, their body is theirs and they get to make that decision. Um, they get to bring in anybody they want in that decision, their partners, um, their pastor, <clears throat> uh, their family. Um, and so there is nobody in the world that loves abortion, and Democrats certainly do not love abortion. 
All right, let's get, uh, by, by the way, I do have a quick question for you. Um, and uh, before we get Jeff's call, uh, th- the uh, Secretary of State's office just recently uh, uh, said it was okay. Uh, they they cleared the no labels party to be on the uh, the ballot. And I was just look, doing a little research into the no labels party. And I wanted to find out if you happen to know, because you're the state uh, director of the uh, of the Democratic Party, are 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 there? Do you know if there's any Montanans who are like filing for office uh, under the auspices of the No Labels Party? I do not know that, and um, I thought that was interesting that they qualified for the ballot too. But I don't know of anybody. I I think I've heard that there are some independents that will be filing, or maybe even already have. But I haven't heard anything about the No Labels Party itself. Yeah, that, that, I thought that was rather unusual that, uh, that because you have to get quite a few signatures to be able to qualify on the ballot. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that you do. Anyway, okay, let's uh, let's move on and get Jeff's call. Jeff, good morning. You're on Talk Back with Robin Driscoll. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning, Robin. I uh, hope you feel better. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you bet. Um, uh, I work in the SCI uh, environment, sensitive compartmented information environment, which is the high, most one of the most highly classified areas uh, of classified information for f- over 40 years. So if I had done what Joe Biden did as a senator and as a vice president, he had no authority to take those home. And he had no SCIF, sensitive compartmented information facility, to store them. And they were in boxes and file cabinets. If I had done that, I would have gone to jail. Um, President uh, Trump, on the other hand, had declassification authority, something President Biden didn't have until January of 2021. So President uh, Trump had the ability uh, to declassify things for whatever reason he wanted to. Previous presidents like President Eisenhower and President Johnson had done that in the past. Uh, Based on their determination of national need, uh, President Eisenhower uh, on uh, declassified YouTube program aspects of it, and President uh, Johnson declassified the SR-71 program by mentioning it in public. Um, and so Trump had that right. Um, but regarding the HER, I, w- I want to bring this back to the HER report, the Robert HER report. You said that uh, all it did was he turned them over, but there were some, some uh, comments in that report, and quote, we have also considered that at trial... President Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Uh, If he doesn't have a memory that's good enough for him to stand trial, what makes him qualified to be president? I tell you what, uh, we're going to leave that question hanging because we're up against a break. And I'll give Robin an opportunity to clear her throat when we come back and answer that question. We'll be back after this quick timeout. That Jason Baker. Hey, we are back on Talk Back. And uh, Robin Driscoll, chair of the Montana Democratic Party, is here on the phone with us. And let's, uh, I believe Emmett is up next. Emmett, good morning. You're on with Robin Driscoll. What's your question? Oh, thanks. But weren't you going to um, talk about Jeff's question first? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Jeff, Jeff's question. Please go ahead. Sure. Um, I think that when we have um, two people that are within, you know, years of each other running for president um, and looking at things that have been said and things that have been done, 
um, we could debate all back and forth all day about whose memory um, lapses are worse um, because Donald Trump certainly has had many um, gaffes and memory lapses as well. When it comes down to it, I would support and am supporting, of course, the president that has worked in a bipartisan manner over the last four years to accomplish things that um, were definitely needed throughout this country, um, whereas Trump very rarely um, got any bipartisan um, bills passed. Um, that Joe Biden has had accomplishments in this country that can, that Donald Trump could never compare with. So. Okay. All right. Let's uh, get to try to get as many calls in as we can in the next four minutes. So I mean, this is Emmett is up next. Emmett, go ahead, please. Yeah. Thanks again for taking my call. Well, Robin, I do feel sorry for you about your illness. I'm sick, too. Yeah, probably with the same thing you have. I'm getting over, getting kind of better, but I'll probably have to go to the doctor. But, yeah, I'm ill, too. But I guess I wanted to dovetail on Marilyn's questions. I have a couple of questions. You, you basically brought up, you know, health care and a woman's right to her body. Well, how would you define killing an unborn baby as health care. I've never understood this. And an unborn baby, while attached to the mother's womb, is a separate human being, a separate entity. So there are two people in one living person. It's not a woman's body, like it's her foot or it's, you know, her head or it's her um, ankles or it's her, you know, or her lungs or something that needs a doctor's care. This is a separate baby that she's responsible for, so it's a separate life, not her own body. If it were her own body, like, you know, taking Emmett, alcohol when she wasn't pregnant. Emmett, we're running question, out of time. What's your, you, what's your question? My, how would you answer those Okay. Questions? All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I, we have exactly two minutes. Robin, go ahead. Um, so I would just say that the Montana Democratic Party cares about reproductive freedom um, and protecting the rights in the Montana Constitution. The right to privacy is protected in the Montana Constitution. It's been um, found to include reproductive health care um, over and over by our Supreme Court um, throughout the years. And um that's all i'll say about it all right uh do we have time for one more i think we do dave uh, dave quickly what's your question for robin well i just would say about donald trump when he took the documents home he had a right to but he should have announced that he was taking before he, before you can take them home you have to announce to the world that these are are declassified and he never did that so once once they were at home, they were no longer his property and should have been returned. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, your response, Robin. Yeah, thank you. I agree totally with you. Um, I also think that because of, um, you know, so many different past um, elected officials taking documents um, when they left office, they are now uh, working on um you know, something, a bill or uh, rules that would um, stop this in the future that would, you know, certainly the DOJ will have some input into that. But they, they do need a process for sure. I totally agree. And I'm glad that that's one of the things that they're working on right now. Unfor- yeah, unfortunately, we have less than a minute left. And Charlie, we can't get you calling with Robin. So Robin, uh, give us some contact information. If people want to find out more about the Montana Democratic Party, where do they go? 
Sure, thanks. Um, we you go to montanademocrats.org, um, or you can um, email anybody. My email is robin at montanademocrats.org. Um, and I just got to put in a real quick pitch. We are having our big fundraiser um, of the year on March 2nd in Helena, the um, Mansfield Metcalf dinner where Andy Bashir will be speaking and promises to be a very good time. So. All right. Well, listen, you take you care of yourself. I hope, hope you feel better. Okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you, for, thank thank you, you. for the call. All right, so uh, we appreciate the, all of your calls on that. Now we're, we're going to be talking with the Republican, uh, this Lola Sheldon Galloway, vice chair of the Montana uh, Republican Party, will be joining us. Uh, Don Kay couldn't make it, so Lola will fill in. That's coming up right after the 9 o'clock news, so stay with us. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of Talk Back. And Talk Back this morning brought to you by Y West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. Here's the number to call to find out if they have a storage unit for you. And I'm sure they do. 406-510-0590. They're making room for you at Y West Storage. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial Residential and Commercial Cleaning. No job too big or small at 260 their number. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it might get, Gomer's can make sure you have everything you need to to, uh, to have your rig start every single morning, just as uh, just like the sunrise. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service, Palmer and West Broadway, and by Harrington Surgical Supply, where the, you can feel confident in their discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along this morning. And uh, we just finished up with Robin Driscoll, chair of the Montana Democratic Party. And joining us on the phone right now for the first time, we are glad to welcome Lola Sheldon Galloway, the vice chair of the Montana Republican Party, the Grand Old Party. Uh, Lola, welcome to TalkBack. Thanks for being with us. Oh, good morning, Peter. And good morning, Missoula audience. You bet. You know, I'm looking at my calendar. Just, I'm looking at my calendar this morning, and we're only like a hundred days away from the primary election. That wow. is that is correct. So <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit. I know one of the things you wanted to address is is John Tester, and uh, we're kind of uh, joking back and forth uh, there. I, I think somebody somebody has referred to uh, John Tester as Chuck Schumer with a flat top. So <laughs> I, I wanted to to get your thoughts on uh, the the effort to try to unseat uh, the like four term Democrat. I think Republicans hold a solid. Um, odds of winning back this Senate in 2024. Um, we can get American Montana back on track, but it all starts with retiring John Chester. So it's no secret now that every town's a border town because of this administration. And to me, it's one of the number one issues that we're dealing with in Montana, especially that with Montana having the longest miles of the northern border. Um, I think it's proven, uh, I was we're heading, a group of us are heading, we were going to go to Eagles Pass in Texas, but now that they've got that under control, everybody's moving to Arizona. And once Arizona maybe gets it under control, I think this is going to come to the northern border. And this administration with open borders is just 
something that Montana needs to really look at and say, what is the future going to be for our northern border, even though the southern border is affecting us today anyway. Well, Lola, one, one, thing I, yeah, I, one, one thing I did want to ask you about is uh, the, the president of the United States and, and uh, I, I guess members of the Senate, are, are working on a way to try to uh, foil what Texas is trying to do and Arizona, uh, because I'm, I'm not sh- exactly sure why, because with all, with what Texas has done, it has uh, very much uh, reduced the number of uh, illegal uh, immigrants coming across the border, at least in certain areas of Texas. So uh, in that in that method, uh, it, it's a success. But Washington is saying it's illegal and has to be stopped. That's just crazy. A state has a border and a state should be able to protect their border. And that's where states' rights need to override and do, according to the Constitution, override federal overreach. They are saying that 3,000 people crossed at Eagle Pass a day, and now it's down to three people a day. Our federal government isn't doing their job. It's taken us to step up to do that. And now I think it's really interesting how all of a sudden John Tester, after being in office all the years that he's been, is concerned about the southern border. And that's just campaign talk. You know, people have to realize that he hasn't been helping us with this issue along the way. And just because the campaign's coming up, that's just, again, campaign talk. It should have been taken care of a long, long time ago. President Trump had a solution for it. It was working and they've tore that wall down where it was and it's just ridiculous. So now they want to step in and try to do something. No, we had it as Republicans figured out with the administration that we had before and we need Republicans back in there pushing for the security of the border. And I blame John Tester for not representing us with that voice in Washington, D.C., very specifically on that issue because he's been there long enough. He could have had a good solution for that border. All right. Tell you what, tell you what, we're, we're pretty much up against our first break here. And I know Skip has a lot of things to share with you. And Tim is also on the line to visit with uh, with Lola Sheldon Galloway. She's the vice chair of the Montana Republican Party. So if, uh, she'll be with us till about 930. So if you have a question or comment uh, for Lola, just uh, give us a call at 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Of course, you can use the KGVO app. We're coming right back after this. You want the best... A chance of freezing rain on Tuesday morning, then a chance of rain showers and some areas of patchy fog. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and mild as highs will be back into the mid-40s. We're not expecting any snow to stick except at past level. The threat of rain and snow continues into Tuesday evening. And then Wednesday morning, it's mostly cloudy with a 30% chance of rain and snow and some afternoon sun breaks. For the end of the week and into next weekend, it still looks like it's going to be warm and sunny. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bragg. Hey, welcome back to Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. We're talking politics this morning. Lola Sheldon Galloway is on the phone with us right now, vice chair of the Montana Republican Party. And Skip has been waiting all the way through the break. Skip, thanks for holding. You're on with Lola Sheldon Galloway. Go ahead, please. And thank you, Peter. And uh, Lola, uh, it's nice that you came on in in place of uh, the party boss. And I, I thought I'd I'd start with, uh, I, I saw you down here in, uh, I'm down in Hamilton. I saw you down here at a central committee meeting. I was in the peanut gallery 
I go there to uh, learn a lot of what's going on backstory thing. And I saw you down here during elections of uh, of the officers of Central Committee. And then, I, so I was wondering a couple of things statewide because I I get concerned about things closer to home than Washington. So in our in our state party and our state legislature, uh, do you think uh, even in this primary election cycle, because uh, even you're in a contentious election in a primary, I believe this year, and that uh, do you think we'll be able to pull off another supermajority? Except this time, not not make it into a like tryouts for Saturday Night Live every day of the session and get something physically accomplished and maybe accomplish some business points that were never finished when somebody shiny died out last year. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about that at the state legislature level. And ma'am, do you think that the state party can, since Matt's uh, pulled out, do you think the state party can get behind Tim Sheehy and let's get serious about getting our job done? I'll leave it at that. All Thank right. you. Skip, thanks for the call. A lot of things there, Lola. Please go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to take notes here as he was skipping through all this stuff. So let's start with the most important thing. The most important thing is that I believe and our party believes, and we all stand behind this, that the Democratic agenda is hurting America. So that, uh, with our kickoff theme, stay on target, that's our target. And I want to relate that to Star Wars. You know, at the end, they found out that the Death Star was what they needed to destroy. And to me, the Democrat agenda is the Death Star. Now, what we're trying to do is just take out the players along the way. And so that destruction goes away in America and we get back on target, back on focus. So as we go through our primaries, which this redistricting map set up primaries so that we have Republicans, good Republicans against good Republicans, just by the demographics of where they live and how it's set up that are forcing primaries across the state that we didn't have before. And I believe that was this redistricting's agenda was to not really focus on the House seats, but to focus on getting not a supermajority in the Senate because the Senate is easier to control. You only have 50 people you have to deal with. They, they say um, like the House is more like scattering cats and that Senate maybe be more like herding cows. I don't know. <laughs> so if we can stay focused, and that's my job right now as vice chair of the party, let's stay focused on who our true target is. It's not each other. We, we need to be looking at what the general election is, not what the primary election is. And so once we get to Helena that we can have as many good people there as we can because we haven't killed ourselves in self-firing at each other during the primary. And that way we can work together. Yes, I do believe that the Republican Party does not want John Tester in Washington, D.C., representing Montana anymore. And yes, we will focus on John tester and that Democrat agenda along our path of campaigning and in doing so retire John Tester and get our guy whoever that might be to Washington DC 
right now it looks real strong to be Tim Sheehy. And we can rally around that just because our focus is in the right place. I hope I answered your question, Skip. And thank you for being actively involved in the Republican Party. That's what we need is people that haven't really gotten involved, involved and voicing their opinions and coming to the legislatures and being a voice for our agenda, which I believe line up with God's agenda, read the Republican platform and know where our principles are and what our agenda is. And I believe the people of Montana will support us in those principles along the way. All right, let's uh, get another call in. Uh, Tim is on the line. Tim, good morning. You're on with Lola Sheldon Galloway. Go ahead, please. Great. Thanks for taking my call. I think all the Republicans are missing the big point here and the big picture. The most powerful man in politics today in our country is Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. If I was the governor, I'd be sending a busload a week of people to Big Sandy. And every other Democratic senator that's running, I'd be sending a busload of people each week to their home, their hometown. And I would be sending busloads of people to Bozeman, Missoula, Butte, Helena, and all the states that are a swing state, a purple state. That's where I would be targeting all those busloads of people. Because in Montana, we're not seeing any problem with the border crossing other than what's on the news. So if we have skin in the game and Governor Abbott can do this, I would just be sending busloads to every every blue area that I could. Being the most powerful man in politics today. All right, thanks for the call. Your 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 response, Lola. Please go ahead. Well, that kind of scares me because anything that goes to Big Sandy is going to end up in Great Falls, where <laughs> I live in that area. But I think your concept is correct. A lot of these people who push this illegal immigration idea and think they're okay with it don't live in the reality of what that really means to a community. People being raped, houses being plundered. Um, We also have so much of that cartel up in our Indian reservations right now that they're out of control. And so that's the concern of our attorney general is where they're landing and getting people addicted to this fentanyl and these drugs. And we know where it's coming from. It's coming from them. So I don't want to encourage anybody coming our way, but I get what you're saying. You know, New York City, um, when we had the wolf problem, it's like, well, let's send the wolves to Central Park. That's kind of your concept. Why don't you live the reality and maybe you'll change your mind? So it's a great idea, and if that's what we need to do to to wake up the world of what is really happening in the world, I, I agree with you on this concept. They're the ones that need to be living the reality. Okay, and with it. with that, we're up against another break. Your your timing is exquisite, so we're going to take a break. We have Nancy, Dave, and Mike who all want to visit with you, Lola. You're very popular. So we're going to come right back with uh, with Lola Sheldon Galloway filling in for Don Kay, uh, vice chair of the Montana Republican Party. After this. Hey. 
Hey, it's Deb from Park. It's the talk politics this morning. And well, that's great because this is a talk show. It's uh, tailor-made. All right, let's get, uh, we, we have Lola Sheldon Galloway uh, on the phone with us, Vice Chair of the Montana Republican Party. Nancy's been holding the longest. Hi, Nancy. What's your question? Good morning, uh, Sister Lola. I'm running uh, as a Republican for House District 38. The number one issue for me is illegal immigration and also the Mexican cartel presence in our state. And I just want to let everybody know that this goes back to 1965 uh, with Senator Ted Kennedy, who reopened our borders. They had been shut down by our government from 1920 to 1965. And this is a fact. We have had problems ever since that has happened. So blame the Democrat Party. And I just want to say this. You are absolutely correct. I mean, we have this horrible, horrible uh, issue with these illegals. And I call them parasites that are suckling off of our developed nation. And I'm going to tell you, Laura, one of the biggest things we have to do and fight are these uh, um NGOs, these unelected officials that are getting way too much uh, support and strength from our uh, liberal uh, court system, uh, we have to sue, uh, well, like nations uh, to neighbors. That's a Lutheran church organization that's bringing us so many of these illegals into our country, uh, including in our, uh, the city of Billings now. They're forcing our taxpayers to pay for them, uh, and uh, they're calling them refugees, which is not the right term. These people are felons. They broke into our country illegally. And I'm so glad that you're here. I could talk all morning with you, <laughs> but I'm going to let, let the phone line go up for somebody else. But God bless, and I'm going to help. If I win this I'm going to be hell on wheels when it comes to illegals and the Mexican cartel. All right. I'm going to go after him with both both barrels loaded. Nancy, thanks for the call. Okay, uh, you want to add anything to that, Lola? Go ahead. Well, I, I think what is happening is we are depriving people that illegally come across the border the American dream. The American dream was about being self-reliant, being able to own something, being able to Take care of your family. And when you had a surplus, be generous enough to give it back to those that weren't as blessed as you are. And when they come across the border and we offer them housing and we offer them medical and we offer them food and they don't have to do anything for it, we are depriving them of the American dream. And that is a disgrace to what America is all about. And with that, let's get to another call. Dave uh, is waiting. Dave, good morning. You're on with Lola Sheldon Galloway. Go ahead, please. Yeah, first of all, Texas law is already in the court. court law system is being um, questioned as it is. But but I agree with your previous caller. We need new laws. We, I mean, but it's crazy here. I mean, yeah, the laws on the books give refugees uh, a right to show up at our borders and ask you know, for a court hearing and and come into the country and wait for their court time. That's the law of the land. But it appears as though Republicans, they're just saying, no, we don't want to change the law. We want to keep the law as it is. And it's just crazy to me that, that they're fighting changes, even if they, they say they don't like the changes. Well, let's try some. I mean, sitting on our thumbs is not a solution. All right, Dave, thanks for the call. Uh, your, your response, Lola. I came back from Mexico a few years ago from a man who owned a little 12-room hacienda in Puerto Vallarta, and he blamed us 
for what was going on on the border. And, and his dad was a vineyard worker and they had came legally and had dual citizenship. And that intrigued me, his thoughts. He said, the reason it's our fault is the laws are already there. We're just not following our own laws. So I kind of liked this concept that if your country has rules about how Americans can come into your country, then we're just going to follow your rules and apply them to your citizens from your country coming into our country. And it's just an easy way for us to maybe get this figured out. But I, I think we don't follow the laws of the land that we already have. And if we could, but we are being stifled by executive orders and that coming out of the executive branch of our government, that is stifling that. Ask anybody on the border. I hope when I go next month to the border, I can come back and confirm that certain things are not being done that are supposed to be done that are the law and prove to you that maybe we, you're right. Let's just maybe not have to change the law, but follow what's already there. And if I see something that needs our attention to bring it to Montana, so we're ahead of this instead of behind it once it hits us. Okay, let's uh, try to get one more call in and try to stay faithful with our time with you. Uh, Mike, go ahead. You're on with Lola. Go ahead, please. Oh, good morning. Uh, Geez, Nancy, take it easy. I hope that gun's not really loaded. I don't know whether to take Nancy literally there, but... um, and Tim, have a little compassion. Uh, they're not vermin. They're women and children there, you know, looking for a better life. And I think the efficient way to deal with them, a lot of them are coming here because they have families. Maybe bust them to where their families are. <clears throat> but that's not why I called. I called. I saw this special on ABC uh, about abort- the abortion issue and the consequences of strict abortion laws. It was a couple hours long, about six weeks ago I watched it. And it was pretty disturbing. Uh, women... Not getting their health care, just amounting to torture. You know, they're talking about women that have they're, they're, they have a child. They're desiring this child. There were like 20 of them on this panel. And then they were with their partners later on. But uh, like a child that had a, sorry to be so graphic, but had no brain, no skull, but had a brain. So there was no way this child was going to be viable. Yet they had to wait till they were either septic or going to die, these women. A lot of them, the consequence of waiting so long is they're not going to be able to have a child, they're going to have cancer, or they are going to die. They had to travel long distances to find a legal abortion. So this is a result of the, the strict abortion laws, and to me it amounted to torture. Well, Mike, uh, Sheldon, Galloway, I know you're very pro-life, so... It's gone too far that direction. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. So uh, this is how we'll end our time together. If you want to respond to that, go ahead, please. Well, I had a bill passed this last session. I sponsored it to describe what viable means. So I believe that what you're talking about would be an unviable child, somebody that would not survive through the process. I would love to talk with you more about that because... In Montana, right now, you can have an abortion. And we don't have a strict. Some people don't think it's strict enough. Others think it is too strict. But um, we need to talk about this because it is a good topic for us to figure out in Montana. And I am pro-life. I just came from walking 40 days for life outside of our Planned Parenthood here in Great Falls. I try to do it every morning. 
in this 40 days, and I will fight for every baby that is viable, that needs to be born, because I don't believe they should deserve the death penalty from somebody else's actions, and I will stand on that till my dying breath. And But we do need to talk about it, and I don't think we have enough discussions about situations that will make it not totally gone, but how to fix that. And I would say if we can prevent people from being in those situations is where I want to focus. And I also want to focus on healing those who went through the process and now are so disturbed by the experience that it has affected them mentally and help them heal. And so let's, let's have a discussion. I'm open to that. And the Republican Party is having their platform convention in June. We need to figure that out so that we do have a good platform on life on both sides of this, um, at birth and at death, that supports God's law, and that's where we'll be. So that's what I'm going to answer to that. But I do look at that bill on viability and help us through this process. That's why we have a session every two years. You bet. Lola, it's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for filling in for Don. We appreciate it. And uh, 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 it, it was a pleasure visiting with you. I enjoy um, having the people's comments and being able to share the Republican point of view. And we just really need to get behind the Republican candidates across the state, every House seat, every Senate seat, every um, statewide, every federal program. And let's get the Death Star gone, and let's build the new empire. All right. Lola, thanks for all the Star Wars uh, references. That's awesome. Lola, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Anytime. And God bless Montana and the United States of America. Thank you, ma'am. We're going to come right back. I do believe uh, is is, we're going to have... Yeah, okay, good. We're going to come right back. Uh, Of course, we have the uh, uh, the state uh, auditor and insurance commissioner, uh, and he's going to be joining us here in just a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. In the studio with back continues this morning and we continue talking politics and uh, uh, we are privileged to have with us Troy Downing. He is the state auditor and insurance commissioner for the state of Montana. And uh, Troy, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, but I just have to say, you know, all those uh, Star Wars references, I I, I thought those were (laughs) supposed to come out on May 4th. Um, (laughs) May the 4th be with you. Yes, I remember that. All right. So, 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 uh, tell us now. You, you, you've uh, even though you're running for Congress right now, uh, you're still the state auditor and insurance commissioner. And I know your your office has been very busy working for the people of Montana. And one of those is a very large judgment against State Farm. So, if you can share some of that information with us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, and, and and thanks for bringing that up. And you know, a lot of the stuff that we do in outreach and the stuff that we do getting these messages out is not to, you know, shame anybody, but, you know, basically to tell people that, you know, you got to follow the rules. And if you take advantage of somebody or if you harm somebody, you break the law. Um, you know, we are a criminal justice agency and we will investigate and if we find, you know, probable cause, we will 
uh, we will prosecute. And so, you know, this was a, uh, a long investigation. And actually, this is something I want to get out there before I get into the meat of it. You know, a lot of people may not understand this, but, you know, we, we want you to call if you've been taken advantage of. We want to hear these complaints because if we get complaints and we start to see a pattern, that triggers what's called a market conduct examination. So we start looking at how that insurance company is doing business to make sure that they're following the rules and following the law. And so what was happening here, it's something called um, a contributory neg negligence. And uh, what that means is if you're in an accident, like uh, say you know two cars are backing up in a parking lot and you know hit each other, it's probably 50-50 at fault. I mean, there can be some, some exceptions. But let's say, you know, uh, you get hit by somebody, you know, and they were mostly at fault. They might contribute 10% of it to you or if there's some, some reason for that. So that's called contributory negligence. And basically what was happening is they were, um, you know, uh, inappropriately applying uh, contributory negligence. They were basically uh, saying that somebody was at fault um, where they may not have been. And they would, you know, there were, you know, and here's an example. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is exactly what they were doing, but here's an example of how that may happen. Like, let's say you're at a stop sign and somebody slides through the intersection and hits you. You know, most people would say, well, the person that hit you is 100% at fault. Uh, but maybe they say, well, you didn't honk your horn, so you're 5% at fault. Or you didn't have your lights on, so you're 10% at fault. Or you didn't get out of the way, so you're, you know, so, so basically what was happening is they were, you know, attributing part of the fault to the victims inappropriately. And so, uh, we found a pattern of that. And I'll say, you know, after we started working with them on uncovering this, you know, they, they were cooperative. Uh, we did what's called a consent agreement with them. So uh, they uh, agreed to, you know, uh, agreed to what was, you know, found in this market examination and agreed to um, also pay restitution. And we don't know the exact amount of the restitution yet because we're still going through the records. But it's it's right now it's it, it's in the low millions. It's going to be, you know, be between one and two million dollars most likely. And then we also levied a four million dollar fine on them. And uh, this is uh, it's a pretty large fine, uh, but we put part of it, $2 million of that, they can actually will waive if they pass in 12 months another market examination and, you know, are not or shown to not be doing the same thing. So we kind of gave them an out to mitigate their damages there. But, you know, really what we're trying to do here is show other insurance companies that we're going to, you know, take this seriously. We're going to investigate and we're going to prosecute and we're going to do the, you know, we're going to hold them accountable, uh, if they're, um, crossing the line. And, you know, our job here is to protect Montana consumers. We take that very seriously and, and it goes both ways. You know, we hold the uh, companies accountable and sometimes people try to defraud insurance companies and we, you know, investigate and prosecute those as well. So, you know, real happy that we had that outcome because I think it, uh, it sent a message to anybody else doing business in Montana that we're watching and we're going to hold them accountable. And with that, we're up against a break and we have uh, all, almost all of our phone lines are full. Everybody wants to talk with you. We have Tim, Jeff, Joe, and Skip all waiting in line within the next 20 minutes to talk with uh, Troy Downing. So we're going to come right back and keep him busy right after this. Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. 
Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help, too, by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. Hey, welcome back to Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. We're thrilled to have with us Troy Downing, uh, Montana's State Auditor and Insurance uh, Commissioner. And a lot of folks want to talk with you. So let's get right to the phones and say good morning to Tim. Tim, you're on with Troy Downing. Please go ahead. Great. Thank you. A question. So global warming is now a man-made problem with the weather. And everybody on the blue side believes that. My question is, as an insurance company, since it's now a man-made phenomenon, how can they continue to deny claims of the act of God? Since God no longer plays in this, it's all global warming, is all man-made. Um, well, thank you for the question. Uh, first thanks, of all, thanks, I'll, I'll say that the, uh, the, uh, uh, the jury on anthrogenesis on global warming is still out. I think we're all seeing climate change. We all understand that. I mean, the, the one thing certain in the world and in life is change. And, you know, the climate and the weather have been changing since, uh, you know, God created this, uh, uh, since, since God creation started. Uh, so your question about, you know, acts of God or man-made, um, I think a lot of people misunderstand science, and they'll say, well, the science is, you know, conclusive. But, you know, the very definition of science is you never know it's conclusive. You're always looking for more answers. You know, prime example is Einstein's theory of relativity. It's a theory. It's never been proven, but it's what, you know, the basis upon which our GPS systems work. And so somebody coming to a conclusion that this is, you know, science that's been uh, that already finished is, is just somebody that doesn't understand what science is. So I will say is, does it contribute? I mean, everything that happens on the planet contributes to some level. Does it contribute more than natural cycles of the planet? I think the jury's still out. To answer the question I think that you're, you're really asking is, uh, you know, how that affects the insurance industry. And it's something that we've been talking about since the dawn of insurance existing is, you know, natural disasters and weather patterns and, you know, how you deal with, you know, those types of risks. And we continue to see that as we see patterns of, of, of weather changing and, and uh, you know, uh, more severe, you know, hurricanes on the eastern part of the country, uh, you know, wildfires on the western part of the country. You know, we look at that and uh, we make sure that the insurance companies are accounting for that risk and that their, you know, premiums uh, are, you know, adequate to pay for those risks should you have a disaster. But uh, in terms of uh, uh, man causing global warming, uh, I think if anybody saying that the science is conclusive is somebody that doesn't understand the definition of science. Now, Troy, really, really quickly before we get to our next call, I know that there have been uh, certain areas where where insurance companies are uh, withdrawing their coverage altogether uh, because of the fire danger. Uh, is that something that you're addressing? Well, it is. It's something that we look at very closely because the worst thing we could happen here uh, happen is if we lost a market. And what's happening in Montana, and, and this is happening in California, it's happening in Colorado, it's happening in some other states where insurers are just pulling out. Um, we haven't seen that, and uh, we look at that very closely. But what we have seen 
is, you know, prices coming up to um, premium prices coming up that are relative to, you know, two things is they're affected by inflation. Replacement costs are going up because materials and labor and everything else are going up. So that's one part in places that have particularly high risk. So, you know, here's an example. I had a, um, uh, a real estate agent call me a couple of months ago who had a client in Big Sky and she was concerned because she was trying to sell this house for this client and um, uh, said that uh, they couldn't find insurance. The buyer couldn't find insurance. And I'm going, well, that kind of sparked an alarm. So we looked into that and it wasn't that the market wasn't there. It's just that the market was expensive. And so we said, well, what do you mean, you know, how many agents, how many companies who have you talked to? And they said, well, the only thing we got was a hundred thousand dollar premium, a hundred thousand dollars a year. And uh, so I asked her, you know, well, tell me about this property. Well, you know, it's a, you know, six or $7 million house. It's on top of a hill with dense forest. It's along a long twisty road with dense forest and it's not near, you know, a fire department or any access for, you know, uh, uh, emergency vehicles. And I said, well, if you were going to take on that risk, you know, what would you charge? And so people need to understand if you build a, you know, very expensive house in a place where it's, you know, very high risk, like in the middle of a tinderbox with no access and no fire department nearby, you know, the, the premium is going to be expensive, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, to, to, to put it bluntly, I mean, if you're, uh, well, personally, I think if you're going to buy a, you know, $7 million house, then, uh, you should be able to afford that. But, you bet. Uh, let's, a different question. Let, let's, but, let's but go the reality ahead. Is, is the prices are going up with the, with the risk. You bet. Let's get Jeff on the line. Jeff, uh, I apologize for my question, but please go ahead. I know you, uh, you've been waiting. Go ahead, sir. Not at all. Um, Last week, uh, a regular contributor to the Missoulian, Kendall Cotton, had an editorial on Governor Gianforte's uh, Red Tape Relief Initiative. And in there, he talked about this, uh, 13 agencies underneath uh, affected by this have repealed or amended 1,866 separate regulations. But in the middle of the good news, there was kind of a, uh, a troubling thing. It said that uh, agencies that did not participate in the initiative was Secretary of State, Public Service Commission, and the State Auditor. Is is that true? Is the, is the, uh, the uh, State Auditor Office not participated in the um, Red Tape Relief Initiative? Okay, well, thank, and if so, thank, why? thank you for the question. Yeah, thank you for the question. And just to be clear, um, you know, the State Auditor's Office is not a cabinet position. So, you know, we uh, elected uh, elected member of the uh, um, executive branch of the Montana government, but to be really clear is, uh, we go every other year through our entire arm, through all the, um, the, uh, uh, rules. We go through our, uh, um, everything in title 33 that covers, you know, the insurance, everything in title 30 that covers securities. We go through that, um, uh, and actually, this is by law. Every you have to do it every two years, and uh, we have cleaned up, you know, incredible amount of our code. You know, looking, we're changing where there's ambiguity. We're pulling stuff out where it, it's no longer relevant. Uh, we go through a whole process of all the bureau chiefs and the various departments. You know, in my agency, look at that and say, well, this this is no longer valid. Let's clean this up. And so we do that as normal business. So whether or not we're part of a red tape initiative, that's something that we are consciously, constantly revising. I mean, we're right now working on our house, keep, house cleaning bills for the next um, uh, legislative session. I mean, that's stuff that's that's work in progress right now, and that's something that we don't do, you know, periodically. That's that's normal um, standard operating procedures in this office. 
All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I believe we're up against a break here. We have, we have Joe and Skip who are both waiting to visit with Troy Downing. And we're going to come right back and wrap things up with our morning of politics. And we thank all of you for your calls right after this. Don't let the meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hey, we are back on Talkback. Troy Downing, of course, joining us, the Montana State Auditor and Insurance Commissioner, and he's on the phone with us right now. Let's get Joe on the line. Joe, good morning. You're on with Troy Downing. Please go ahead. Thank you. I understand that uh, Matt Rosendale did a very good job in your position, and uh, I have a story. He helped me with Social Security during the COVID where they would not let me, and they wanted me to mail my driver's license, uh, birth certificate original, and my uh, passport to them because they wouldn't open the doors. I called all my representatives, and Matt Rosendale got me a meeting the next day. I got to go in and get that done. And uh, so uh, I just wanted to share that story and... You know, I, I'm curious what you think about this settlement or this uh, $354 million uh, penalty for Donald Trump in New York or fraud okay. against these banks. Okay, thanks for the call. A couple of things. Uh, first of all, thanks for the kudos for um, Representative Rosendale. I think he's been a good conservative voice for Montana, obviously standing up against a lot of things. And it makes me uh, happy that he was, uh, you know, taking his constituent um, – services very seriously um on the donald trump we should all i don't care if you're a republican a democrat an independent we should all be outraged and scared if we start seeing the courts interfering with elections and uh i think that 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 giant fine was designed to send a political message that they were going to not stop at anything to get rid of the people's opportunity to fairly elect who they want as their president. And I think that that should, uh, that should resonate with everybody, that if the courts get involved at that level, um, we should be uh, afraid of the future of this nation because all is lost if, uh, if that is the status quo moving forward. Um, you know, I was not personally watching closely uh, at, you know, this, uh, this trial. So I don't have any, you know, direct, uh, comments on the veracity of anything. But I, I will say the stuff that I've heard on the high level and also understanding, you know, cause my background is in commercial real estate and, uh, you know, appraisals and valuations are in the value in, in the eye of the beholder. And, you know, everybody in commercial real estate is making, you know, best educated guesses on the value of things. That's, that's normal, a normal way of doing business because the only true value discovery is when dollars change hands. And unless you're actually selling it to somebody that's willing to give you dollars, you really are guessing what the value is. Uh, you know, appraisals are good, but they're not exact and they're often wrong. And so the, the premise of that, I think, was flawed. And then the second thing is, is that's what you're doing to, you know, show your experience, your assets, your, you know, everything else that, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, banker or whoever is evaluating that. I mean, they have their own 
um, uh, underwriting to make sure that it's reasonable, and they decide whether they're going to lend you money or not. The fact that something that is so egregious you know, on the surface, and again, I, I take the caveat I haven't dug deeply into it, I think is scary, and I think it should scare us as a nation, but, uh, you know, we're at the precipice of losing everything if we allow our uh, political opponents to be destroyed through the court system. Okay, let's get Skip on the line. Skip, got just a few minutes left. What's your question for Troy Downing? And Thank you, Peter, and I'll be quick. And uh, Troy, good to hear you on the radio again, and and everybody's asked you all kinds of insurance questions, and and uh, we still haven't really delved into your new candidacy. And by the way, just thank you for, I think, doing even a better job than Matt did as insurance commissioner, and then uh, crossing some T's and dotting some I's that never got finished before you took office. And then also, thank you for your, your military service previous to that also. So, sir, uh, in your new candidacy, uh, You've got some competition out there that's uh, a state senator, the OPI person, uh, Elsie, and then Denny Reedberg might even jump in. But, sir, would you give us some, uh, you know, it's right at the end of the program. Please tell us about what what you're going to do for us as a a representative in Washington. Uh, you're, you're in the Eastern District. I'm over in Hamilton. Skip, but, let, let's, right. we're running short of time. Let's let him answer that. We have exactly two minutes. Uh, uh, Troy, uh, get, get on the stump. Two-minute two stump. Thank you. Well, thank you for that, Paul. Um, yes, I am in this race. And, uh, you know, there's uh, in, an, in, in an open seat, it tends to attract a lot of candidates. And so... There's there's people that are, you know, considering or have actually jumped into this that, you know, have their various strengths and weaknesses. But, you know, one of the things I'm just going to, you know, shoot my own horn for a second. You know, uh, I've been in business, and I think that's why I've been successful as the state auditor regulating insurance and securities and, and in my position on the land board because I've created jobs. I've, you know, signed uh, uh, payroll checks. I've had to refinance businesses. I understand that. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, Donald Trump was so successful as a president is because he's had to do that same stuff. He's been in the trenches running businesses in the private sector. So you take that, you take my success that I've had in this office. I, I've proven to everybody that I show up to work every day. I roll up my sleeves and I don't, you know, assign, you know, tasks. I, I, I'm there in the decision-making process and making sure things that happen. Uh, things happen. I'm in this office uh, and running running this agency, and I'm incredibly proud of that. Um, the other thing is, as you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, service. I think it's important that we elect people who are servants, who have you know uh, the character and the uh, and the drive to go to war for this nation. And I don't think that gives you you know everything you need to be successful as a representative, but it tells you the character. So having somebody that's been in the private sector, has been successful in their um, current uh, position in the state, that's gone to war, I think that's that's what we need. And there's little pieces of that here and there in other candidates. You know what we need to do. We need people that understand the fiscal cliff that this country is is coming against, and that's going to be the end of this nation as we know it. I mean, the Chinese are in the wings watching what's happening, and if we start losing our credibility because of our out-of-control spending with that $34 trillion, 35 going up to $50 trillion, all of a sudden the rest of the world starts looking at the yuan as the global trading currency. And if that happens, that's not an administration that fixes that. That's multiple generations Troy. that will need to fix that. Troy. So that's an incredibly important thing. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you, and thanks for sharing your information. We appreciate it. All right. 
Hey, always a pleasure. You Thank guys have a great day. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Nick, what's coming up on tomorrow's great show? Uh, from 8 to 9, we're going to talk uh, for, with Jacqueline Balin. She has a film in the Big Sky Film Festival called Until He's Back. Uh, Bob will also be in studio with us, Bob Sidon Shorts. That's 8 to 9. And then from 9 to 10 in studio, we will have Ryan Zinke. All right, there you go. So yeah. lots going on 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 Talk Back, and uh, get out there and enjoy this beautiful day. And uh, we will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early, with Ace Sour Wine on uh, on Wednesdays, Montana morning. Have a great day, everybody.